Welcome to the Ember Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today as we gather together to wrestle with the ways that these ancient texts collide with our everyday lives as 21st century people. Using art, music, and the world around us as our guide, we hope to breathe new life into these texts and that our conversations spark as much curiosity and creativity for you as they do for us. Hi, I'm Jeremy Graith, and I'm one of the leaders at Ember Faith Community. Hi, I'm Allison Spooner, and I'm the pastor at Faith Emmanuel and Hope Presbyterian Churches. Hi, I'm Kelsey Wallace, and I'm a PhD candidate at Drew University. For this season of the Ember Podcast, we're talking about the Book of Revelation. Whether you're a Christian or not, we hope you'll join us in exploring how the apocalyptic poetry in the Book of Revelation challenges power structures, helps us to look at the way we use power, and invites us to resist oppression. This is especially relevant for Christians who are called to witness to God's grace, but we hope the Ember Podcast can help spark meaningful conversations for people who have other beliefs as well. Thanks for tuning in. Then I saw another portent in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is ended. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had conquered the beast in its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and amazing are your deeds, Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Lord, who will not fear and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your judgments have been revealed. After this I looked, and the temple of the tent of witness in heaven was opened. And out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues, robed in pure bright linen, with golden sashes across their chests. Then one of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. This week, we're in Revelation chapter 15. One of the things that you'll notice about um, chapter 15 is that a significant part of this chapter is a hymn and a moment of worship. And one of the things that's kind of the hallmark of the people of God throughout the book of Revelation is that they are to worship and witness to the Lord God Almighty. So as we were kind of thinking about what to present this week, I I was reminded of um, probably my favorite Jet Li movie is Hero. And the main plot is the emperor is trying to unify all of China. And there are some um, seditionists hiding out in this calligraphy school. So the emperor comes and the emperor's army is famous for its archers. So the first volley of arrows is loosed upon the school and the students are in the midst of practicing their calligraphy. As the arrows start to pierce the walls of the building, many of the students start to panic and they start to run from the room and their master doesn't budge. He rolls up his sleeves and he chastises them and tells them to get back to their seats and take up their brushes. And they begin to practice again. As the battle kind of recommences, a lot of the students don't survive But the point is that they're engaged in the thing that they were meant to do. They're focusing, even though things have gone well and truly sideways, 
And in fact, it's dangerous to the point of being lethal for many of them. So this is a really useful image now because this is right before um, the seven plagues. I think that's the story that you just described speaks to the radical nature of worship, uh, the countercultural nature of it. It's not, you know, I think we fall into the routine of thinking of you go to church on Sunday and it's just very nice and people get up and they do things and we like the hymns and we read some scriptures and then we go home and have a nice dinner. But to to imagine worship in the context of a world that is antagonistic and hurting and is in the midst of chaos and yet to take this time to sing together and to pray together is really it's counterintuitive in a powerful way it's radical um i find that worship in the midst of a time of tragedy um it becomes the most powerful worship experiences um, because there's really nothing else in many of those situations there's nothing else you can be doing um, besides being there with one another and witnessing and and remembering that you know we belong to a god of grace and yeah. i think i think in those horrible moments it is um there is so much value in remembering not only that we're part of a community, but there's something that's larger even than the community itself that brings us together and binds us and gives us purpose even when we feel completely adrift. I feel like my my instinct in those moments is to turn away and run away and yell at God and be like, you did bad things and things, you know, newsflash are about to get even ickier than they've been so far. And it would be really easy, I think, in this moment instead of worshiping to just say forget this like I'm out like I can't I can't get on board with a god that's going to do these things but the fact that they're worshiping in this moment I mean to use the word radical I think that speaks to the kind of radical trust that they have in this god of grace that 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 god will see it through in the end um and and kind of as creatures that part of what we're made to do and and, and how we're supposed to be in the world is to worship and to love this God, our creator. Um, and on a historical note, I mean, people in this this time would be worshiping the emperor as a God. So um, worship then becomes radical in another way when you're worshiping, you know, the one true God and not the emperor. Yeah, well, we've we've been kind of talking all along since the beginning of this season that one of the things that that revelation is really calling into question is where your ultimate lo loyalty lies is your ultimate loyalty to kind of like the world or the worldly emperor or is it to like the creator of all and you know in this context to say something like jesus is lord once again it means that literally no one else is which I think is a really powerful affirmation. I do want to call attention to the fact that the these seven plagues are coming out of the temple of God. Um, that is icky. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially for us coming from a Christian culture in the 21st century that is basically says God is love and 
that's all God should be and all God is. And while that is certainly the dominant image of God and one that I personally cling to very strongly, it's also not the only image of God. I mean, we talked last time about the image of an angry God, and that's kind of a thread that's going to run through the entire biblical text um, from the beginning to the end. Um, And in a way, it's, to me, kind of hopeful about our own human anger, that if if we're created in the image of God and God is expressing anger and wrath and we experience those emotions too, then maybe there's a way that they can be used for the betterment of the kingdom and harnessed for good rather than just being something that we should put aside. And more than that, we should allow ourselves to notice and experience when we're feeling that kind of anger because it's telling us something um, instead of trying to bury it and push it away. So as Kelsey just mentioned, typically we think of anger in negative terms, but we tend to overlook the times when we're right to be angry. In the face of injustice and suffering, there is good cause for anger. So this week, we invite you to examine what you are angry about and how that anger might become a force for good. As we work through this text, we want to make sure that we are also in conversation with you, our listeners. So we invite you to reach out to us with questions, comments, and we'll be addressing these as we go on in subsequent podcasts. You can send your questions to emberfaithcommunity at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you. The Ember Podcast is a production of Ember Faith Community. Your hosts are Jeremy Grafe. Allison Spooner, and Kelsey Wallace. Music written and performed by Subaltern Project. All rights reserved, 2017.